podcast episode, Card Games TV podcast episode three. It's easy to win. So it's easy to win the game. You know, Dragon Ball Super, for example. Let me get comfortable. So, <clears throat> something I see a lot is people try to act like the game is hard and complicated. It's um, it's not that hard. It's not that complicated. It's simple and relatively easy. Plus, you're supposed to make it simple. When you build a deck or you play a deck, it's supposed to be as simple and straightforward as possible. The less um, thinking you have to do, the better, right? Um, because, you know, you should know what you're doing turn one, turn two, three, four, you know, so forth and so forth. You should already have a plan. Now, granted, um, things can happen. They can change your plans. You might be in a situation where turn three, you wanted to play a three drop, but you're currently in a position where your opponent has three battle cards with 30k power. It might not be a good idea to play your three drop just trying to deal some damage, knowing that your opponent's going to clap back with all three of those 30Ks. So you might want to keep at least one energy up for like Violent Rays, or just keep your energy up and, you know, all three your energy for like a Topo Violent Rays type strategy. You can play Topo and play Violent Rays in the same turn and increase your chances of surviving that turn, as an example. So, you know, things like things like that matter. You gotta, you gotta, um, you gotta have a, a preset plan and we know not everything goes according to plan. That's why you, you have to be flexible and be able to adjust. That's where uh, thinking on your feet and, um, you know, experience comes in. That's why playtesting is helpful, especially for people who don't have many, many years of experience. I got 20 years of card game experience, so I can get away with not playtesting as much as someone else. Because a lot of these tactics and strategies that I use when I play the game... Are stuff that I've used for years, I don't need a playtest to know that they work, that they're good. You know, I can look at the meta, right, see what everybody else is doing, and be like, oh, that's what everybody's doing? Okay. I, I know how to deal with that. Um, for example, aggro, right, or going wide. Nothing new. That exists in Yu-Gi-Oh! That exists in Magic, and that exists in a lot of other card games. Where, you know, somebody plays a whole bunch of, you know, battle cards or things to attack with nothing new there the same way we dealt with those types of things in the past is the same thing we'll deal with it now if you use something that protects you for the turn right violent rays flying nimbus in magic it used to be fog and things of that nature like you know a lot of these effects and abilities that currently exist in the game right now are not new you know um when it comes to card games in general they're not really new they're they're old, um, you know, effects, ideas. They're just being reused. Nothing wrong with that. Um, part of why I like the game, because it reminds me of Magic. It reminds me of Yu-Gi-Oh! It reminds me of all these other games that I play, because there's similar effects. There's effects from those games that also exist in this game. So it makes it easy for me to play this game using the same knowledge I already have. If this game was totally different, then it'd be different, right? It's like you can't take your skills playing basketball and think you can take that knowledge to being an Olympic swimmer or something, right? Because swimming and playing basketball are two separate things. Like, it would be hard for one to translate to the other. Would you be physically fit in both um, sport? Yeah. So if you play basketball, would you be relatively decent a decent swimmer if you, you know, obviously know how to swim? Would you have the physical capabilities of swimming at a Olympic level? Yeah, because, you know, you're pretty athletic. You have good cardio from constantly running and playing basketball, right? So you should have strong legs, right? That's important for swimming. Strong arms and um, strong lungs. So could could just playing basketball, not the, the skills or the techniques and the tactics, dribbling, dunking, all that, uh, take all that out and just go with the physical health um um, athletic aspect of basketball can that transfer over to swimming yeah it could and vice versa all the the arm strength and the leg strength from swimming and you know your lungs can help you play basketball but you still got to learn the game though so that's the the difference in that dynamic is that even though you have you have half of what you need to go from one activity to another 
you still got to learn the rules of the other activity, right? Just like if you go from magic, where you tap mana, or, or play Dragon Ball Super, right? Where you tap energy to play something, and then you play Yu-Gi-Oh, where you're not tapping anything to play the cards. You just play the cards just because you have them. Then, you know, that that's, that, that's, that's the separation. But when it comes to, like, you know, strategy, it's like, oh, I got to deal you this much damage, and I got these types of cards to can do that. Oh, that's simple. That's simple enough. <clears throat> so it's, it's, it's not hard to win in this game. It's, it's easy. Um, is it difficult? Because you have an actual opponent that's trying to stop you from winning? Yes, of course. But that's because you have an opponent. If your opponent was not playing the game at all and just lets you attack their leader every turn, you'll win all day, every day. So it's not hard to win the game. It's literally that simple. Just keep attacking their leader and keep dealing damage. It's that simple. The thing is, your opponent will try to stop you. That's what makes it difficult, but not hard. Difficult. And since you're a human and your opponent is human, hopefully, unless you're playing against a, a AI, right? That's a different situation. If you're, you know, you're human, you're going up against another human being. You know, humans, you know, we have some flaws sometimes. Sometimes we'll make a mistake, we'll misplay this and that. So it's a matter of trying to force your opponent to misplay. Sometimes you can misplay on purpose, right? Just to put the idea into your opponent's mind that, oh, you know, he misplayed. You know, he might not know what he's doing. He might not be that good at the game. And then you end up putting that thought in your opponent. If it's not already there, you'll put it in there, right? And then they can end up underestimating you. Start thinking that maybe you don't know what you're doing. And try to take advantage of that. Because that's the whole idea, right? You know, whenever somebody sees an opportunity, they're going to try to take advantage of it. And not realize that what you did was set up a trap. Known as mind trap. so Or mind games. Whichever way you want to call it. So, you know, that's why I said it's like, it ain't hard um, to win. It's just difficult. Because there's, you know, for every action there's an opposite reaction, right? You attack, your opponent could negate. You attack, your opponent can out-combo your attack, right? Uh, you attack, your opponent just takes the hit. <laughs> and, but then on their turn, they're going to hit you even harder than you hit them. So if you deal them one damage on your turn, and they deal you two to three damage on their turn, it's like, well... That's a better exchange for them. And that's another thing. Um, if you want to make the game easier for yourself, you want to win more often, then you need to make sure you understand your dex, uh, damage output on a turn-by-turn uh, -turn basis. Most people don't. Most people, especially when they uh, when a new set drops or something, they'll look at an archetype and then they'll grab the card for the archetype and try to play the decks. Um, you know, archetype and deck strategy, not realizing a lot of times uh, Bandai has watered down the strategy. It's like, for an example, I mean, they did. They didn't water down. Well, kind of did. They didn't nerf Dark Broly, but they didn't water it down. They gave you a whole bunch of 30k beaters in Dark Broly. So, and you could pretty much play them for free. So, that's power right there. Of course, they had to, you know, make it balance in some shape, way, form by, you know, Making the cards not have combo power and all, and other things to you know weaken the deck, but 30k beaters for free or relatively free, that's powerful. So they are doing these things, you know, uh, um, putting stuff in into the archetype that are okay effects in case you want to use them, but to me, they're just fillers. It's like yeah, it's a cute card, um, but. It's not necessary. So that's why when I look at an archetype, I look, I look at everything that the archetype has, and see, you know, what, what was the idea? What did they want me to do with the cards? And a lot of times it's like, yeah, a lot of this stuff is filler. A lot of this stuff is not good, um, or not necessary, or it's just some some of the stuff might be just a little bit win more. Like they just added something extra, just so you could do that extra thing, but it, but it was just extra. Like it was just something else you could do, but you really didn't need it. it. Didn't really do much of anything. Like for me, more damage is what I want. I don't want uh, an effect that lets me bring out another battle card, but in rest mode is like, yeah, I really didn't need that extra thing bringing out a battle card in rest mode. 
and then it probably wasn't one drop and they probably wanted to have like 5k power or something it's like uh that was a waste there was no point in putting that effect on there you know somebody could make some use of it somebody could find um you know you could probably use that battle card for like any as an evolved target uh union patara stuff like that like, I, I i can understand that it could have a use if somebody finds a use for it but if it wasn't already an automatic use for it, then that was just unnecessary. But we're talking about the idea of um, making things easier. So a lot of times the attack powers will vary. You'll have a couple 10Ks in the arch type, a couple 15Ks. You know, maybe you get a 25K, maybe you get a 20K, maybe you get a 30K, which will be a high cost battle card, right? You know, or SCR or something. It's like, yeah, they'll, they'll do it that way. They'll, you know, they'll go from the, the lowest attack and go work their way up to the highest attack and give you some variety. But the best way to do things, though, especially if you want to make the game easy for yourself and increase your chances of winning, is you want to play a whole bunch of 20Ks and above. 20Ks, 25Ks, 30Ks, 35Ks, 40Ks, you get the idea. Anything that has 20K power and above is what you prefer, what you should prefer to play. So if you can find cards that have 20k power and above, well, those are the different types of cards you should try to hold on to and try to incorporate them into decks. That's why I've been doing the whole uh, 30k skillless battle cards, 20k skillless battle cards, because they have good numbers, 20k, right? 30k. And then if I have an engine, I have a way to use them, then why not, right? They're low cost, they're... You know, with an engine, they're much easier to use than a lot of these 5-drop, 6-drop, 7-drop, right? 8, 10-drop, you know, 30K battle cards, right? Or anything higher than that, you know, or 30K, 40K, right? So it's much easier to use, um, you know, when you have an engine, these skillless cards, which is why I've been incorporating them a lot into most of my decks. Because I'm just trying to make the game easier. Um, part of it is by... Um, to make the game easier is to require me to combo less when I attack, way less. And I definitely want to force my opponent to combo. So that's, that's one way to make the game easy for yourself is you play cards that make it where your opponent, opponent has to combo. They have to combo whenever you attack. Now, not that you combo when you attack, then they combo. That's a waste. You want to be able to attack and then they combo. That's the benefit of Dark Broly, for example. Because you got these 30k beaters that if they attack your opponent's leader on the front side, they need 25 combo power to to stop the attack, to stop a 30k. On the awakened side, they they just need 20k combo power to stop the attack. But think about, listen to those numbers, 25k, 30, uh, 20k to stop an, a, an attack, which is why it's a good idea to try to incorporate a lot of 30ks into your deck. Even you know twenty five Ks, you know whichever ones you can you can you can incorporate you can get into your deck because that increases the how much your opponent needs to out combo and less you need to combo because you can swing with a twenty five K right combo one card from your hand give it a five you know give it a five K boost and that's thirty K and your opponent still needs to use um twenty combo power just to out combo that. If they're on the waking side. So you use one 5k combo in your hand. Your opponent's going to need two super combos. Or you know, or two 10ks. Um, cards. Um, to out combo the attack. Or four 5ks. So think about that math. You use one card from your hand. To boost your attack. Your opponent has to use four. Two, between two to four. To stop you. Right. And. You want to be in that situation. You want to be in a situation where your opponent is giving up a whole bunch of playable cards from their hand just to try to stop you from dealing them one damage. And if you're throwing in some double strike, even better, because, you know, if they can't out-combo your attack because they're not, they can't afford it or, you know, or they're not willing to give up that many cards from their hands to try to stop your attack, then you can get them, you know, the two damage in right quick, right? And take advantage of that. And you only need to do two damage four times to win. So, you know, get a lot of 30Ks with double strike or 25Ks with double strike. You know, take advantage of it. Try to get them out there as soon as possible and go from there. I mean, 20K double strike is just as good. 
much better than 15 Ks. A lot of times you might end up in a situation where 15 K double strike ain't ain't cutting it. So that's why you want to bump it up to 20 K. Uh, the way things are getting nowadays, um, <coughs> you you want to be a, um, you want to be able to to get your attacks to go through. You don't want a situation where your opponent can use 5K combo power and stop your attack, especially if your attack was double strike, you know what I mean? Because ultimately, you don't want a combo. <clears throat> combo. <clears throat> Sorry. Ultimately, you don't want a combo. Um, then when you attack, um, you don't want a combo when you're defending, you know, if you set it up right, you should be in a situation you don't have to combo to uh, defend. Uh, that's you know what I want to be able to do, and that's why I've been looking at certain engines, uh, like a skillless engine where I use Shenron Unison of Rescue. It has a plus zero ability where it can let me bring back a um, skillless <coughs> battle card, two cards or less from my drop area to the field, and using that because you know the skillless will more likely have five k combo power. Use that to combo. Use that as you know a reusable 5K combo card. So I'll bring it back. Use it to combo. Bring it back. Use it to combo. So that's that's a way to reduce how many times I have to combo. And that's the endless combo concept of constantly being able to combo without actually using you know any good card to combo. You're using an engine to combo. So that's where the endless combo concept comes from. Is is finding an engine that lets you combo um, repeatedly, you know, every turn, so you don't have to give up your hand advantage to combo, offensively or defensively. Um, there's the Goku Adventures Begin. It's a black one-drop card, and it has an active main where it lets you get the four-star ball, and the four-star ball you can use it for free. Active battle ability to get to give your leader or a battle card 5k power and this uh, one drop has the ability you know active main is once per turn from the from the deck or the drop area to your hand so after you use it you know to come you know to essentially combo with it with your leader or a battle card you can every turn use the one drop um, Goku to add it the four star ball back to your hand and you can keep using it to combo so there's there's the endless combo right concept you can use it every turn your turn your points turn your turn your points turn right as long as you always have it in your hand and now you have this little engine for it if you have two of them out then that's twice per turn you can add a four star ball to your hand so you can use one on your turn when you swing and use the second one on your points turn when you're defending you know or save both of them to defend during your points turn again you're not giving up anything else these are free cards you can use to combo every turn so that's the endless combo concept. So that makes the game easier, right? You know, you don't need a lot of skill for that. You just need the effects, right? You need these cards, use these little engines, and that makes the game a whole lot easier for you um, because you have that engine, because you have that strategy while your opponent doesn't. Your opponent still has to do things the hard way, right? See, you doing things easy, your opponent's doing things hard. They have to choose what cards in their hands they have to give up to defend themselves every time you attack. You do not. You already know what you're giving up every turn, and it's the same damn cards, right? The same skillless battle card you're using over and over again to combo, it's the same, you know, um, four-star ball you're using over and over to combo. You know, you get the idea of Planet M2 will give you a similar effect, um, but it's not as good as the four-star ball because the four-star ball at least is, uh, can be used on your opponent's turn while Planet M2 can only be used on your turn. But it's the way I started off um, with the concept was Planet M2, how you know, I would use it in combination with my leader and he always used it to make my opponent's leader weaker using Planet M2 on my turn when I swing with my leader to his, his leader and that was always a free way to apply pressure, especially if my um, leader has double strike. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's free pressure right there every turn. My opponent has to... Um, Every time I use Planet M2, and all I did was swing with the leader and use Planet M2, which means my opponent would have to use 10k combo to stop my attacks. 10k, not 5k, 10k. And think about it, that was a reusable, endless, you know, reusable, consistent, continuous, every turn, right, way of applying pressure, a way of forcing my opponent to have to 
have 10k combo to out combo my attack. And if they don't give up 10k combo power from the hands to stop my attack, my attacks will go through. And if they're double strike, you know, they're taking a lot of damage. And you only need to deal to damage, uh, you know, for, for four turns straight, right? And right there, that's that's eight, that's eight damage as a game, right? In four turns. So, again, winning is not hard. It's easy, especially when you make it easy. The easy and your goal and your goal and your purpose when you're playing the game is to make it easier for you to win, but make it harder for your opponent to win. Obviously, don't make it easy for your opponent to win because then you're just, you know, that's that's a bad idea. And then it's just proving the point that yeah, it's not hard to win the game, especially if you're, you know, if your opponent's letting you win the game, right? If your opponent's not putting um, any resistance, if your opponent's not putting up a, a challenge. Of course, it's gonna be easy for you to win. Once they put up a challenge, then of course it's gonna be harder, or difficult, I should say. It's gonna be difficult, but not impossible. It is easy to win because the premise of the game is pretty simple, straightforward. Just attack, attack, attack until you win, right? It's just a matter of you mastering it. You making sure that every turn you're doing as much damage as you want. So you have to have a plan. How much damage are you going to do on turn one? If you have a deck that can't do more than two damage on turn one, you might have to reconsider. You might want to improve the deck, right? If the arch type starts off with the best thing you could do is put up a blocker turn one, that's it, that's, and that's what it does, just put up a blocker, and that's it. It's like, that's it? Turn one, I'm just putting up a blocker. I'm not trying to do damage turn one with this archetype. Then turn two, maybe you have to, you know, there's an effect, so you can go up a chain or something. It's like, all right, cool. I'm going up a chain, but it'd be weird that the chain is just another blocker. It's like, wait, turn one, I played a one-drop one, uh, one blocker. Turn two, I have another. I went up the chain to a to another blocker it's like that's cool and all, but i'm just going from blocker to blocker i'm not actually going up into an attacker now if your blocker it can attack and block that's a different story like i'll use shin shinron for example all right turn one you're playing a one drop it's not a blocker it's not doing anything but it helps you that on turn two once you trigger its effect and do the and go up the chain you can you know go up to your forward drop and then go up to your 9 drop and then you end up with a blocker a 30k blocker but you can attack with it and with the leader's ability be standard so you can block so you can attack and block so at least if, if the strategy is like that where you can't attack with your blocker then, then, it's, then it's good not a problem but if but if, if the deck's not putting up you know, uh, a lot of damage you might want to put it in make up for the lack of damage output because sometimes some arch types are created just to have a fun turn three or turn four you know a little combo or strategy a little fun little gimmick you know like maybe union fusion on turn three type of strategy it's like that's cool and all to have a combo for when you're you know for turn three that you can do nothing wrong with that but you should you should have been able to do a lot of damage turn one and turn two if you did it right. Plus, doing a lot of damage turn one and turn two is the best time to do the most damage you possibly can because after you pass two energies, it's going to be harder to deal damage. You'll be lucky to be able to do <coughs> two or more damage in a turn. Shit, you'll be lucky to do one damage. You know, I, I was in a duel one time where I, you know, the first two turns, I was able to get my opponent down to four life, but then after that, it was hard to, to get them less than four. I eventually did get them less than four, but it took a lot more effort to do so. You know, it got more difficult because I didn't output as much damage in the first two turns that I could have. The first two turns were, you know, the damage, the damage wasn't bad, it just wasn't as good as it could have been. Because I, because I I was trying to do more turn three turn four type of uh, a strategy where I have a combo for those turns but didn't have anything really good for turn ones and turn two. <clears throat> so of course that makes me look at the deck and be like, you know what? I should be doing something turn one and turn two more so than anything. 
Uh, for example, right now I'm making a Boma Burn deck. Like, it's a new iteration. I made a couple different versions of Boma uh, Burn. And right now I'm doing, this one is going to be Aggro Burn. So the idea is that I'm going to try to uh, do, um, try try go off and do as much damage turn one. So basically it's like the X combo um, decks. So this, that's why I'm, I'm calling it Aggro X combo. So I'm trying to do as much damage as, as possible in turn one. So the goal is to try to do between three, four, maybe five, five damage. So I'm so like a five hit combo. So and this is Boma, right? So trying to do five hit combo on turn one with Boma. That way, <clears throat> that way on turn two and three and stuff like that, I can play defensive and be able to stall the game right through the mechanics of the game, of course. Stall the game to I get to turn. Uh, turn five and then on turn five I can play my Goku Savagery Awakened which is 25k with deflect auto when you play this card take take two cards from your life wait let me double check make sure I'm reading that right yeah place two cards from your life into your drop when this card is played deal one damage to your opponent and finish my opponent off just by playing it I play it bang finish my opponent off you know since it has deflect I don't have to worry about uh Got ceiling trunks and its auto is on, you know, upon summoning. So charismatic villain freeze that doesn't matter. Once I play this, it should be game, and that's the idea. I do have uh, this new uh, SS Blue Vegeta at full power, deflect double strike 25k, and he has an auto when this card is removed from your battle area by an opponent's skill. Place one of, of one one card from your opponent's life um, into their drop area. So basically, it crits, crits a life or burns a life, whichever way I look at it. And this is decent because if I play and my opponent, you know, has the flex, so my opponent can't counter it. But if they drop Charismatic Villain Frieza onto this to KO it, well, you just killed yourself because you only have one life. Especially if that was the whole point, is getting my opponent down to one life. So I'm trying to go uh, aggro Oboma, swing in hard, deal as much damage as I can, then start putting up my defense. So I go, so I go aggro, then... Uh, defense or you know control the game after that until I finish them off with burn so that basic strategy so you know you know go hard in the first two turns and then after that you know um, play the game you know strategically and slowly you know defend long enough that I can uh, finish my opponent off through a uh, burn damage I also got Vegito Unison of Might has it a minus five active main ability if your opponent doesn't have any battle cards and play deal one damage to your opponent. So as long as I make sure my opponent's board is clear or, or if my opponent's playing a deck where the board already is clear, then I can just play this thing for five energy, minus five, and deal my opponent one damage for game. Um, obviously, even if my opponent's at two, what I could do is play this for five swing with it since it is a 20k beater dump my whole hand into its attack um, you know because I, I'm playing Boma so my hand should be really thick dump my whole hand into the attack and make it over like 40k plus right easily and deal my opponent damage with, with that attack if they didn't negate it of course um, I do have Issa Pain Kai so I could go the double strike route but either way as long as my uh, you know, I deal at least one damage um, through attacking with the, with the unison. I can just do the minus five afterwards and finish my opponent off with the one damage when they have no battle cards. So, I do have SS Blue Kaioken Goku, Concentrated Destruction, you know, for board wiping. So, I could play this a turn prior to playing my Vegito play. Or, I can use his active main ability, pay two get rid of one of my opponent's battle cards um ignore ignore barrier rate minus 25k to their battle card to make sure they have no battle card and then awaken my leader to untap the two red energy that i use for the goku and then use five energy to play vegeto and you know attack the one point of damage or just do the minus ability right there and win if my opponent only has one life so the goal is once i get my opponent down to one which is not too difficult I can you know, finish them off 
with that strategy. So again, you know, making things easy. You know, Boma already makes it easy to defend, right? Because she turns a lot of your sayings, a lot of your battle cards into blockers. So it makes it easy to defend. So that's another thing. So it makes it easy to defend, which makes it hard for your opponent to win, but helps make it easy for you to win. So you can defend long enough to you know, be able to swing and do a, a much, as much damage as you can every turn, and then go from there. You know, a lot of times I will be swinging with the leader, use uh, Champa and Nappa super combo to power up my, well, I said Champa, right? I meant Isaprene Kai and Nappa to power up my leader, get the double strike damage to go through so I can weaken my opponent enough that the Goku Savagery Awaken play would be more than enough to end them out. I do have an ultimate in here as well. It's the Hyper Evolution Super Saiyan for Goku. He has an, uh, an auto that if his uh, power is um, 60k and above, and he's currently at 40k, if his power is 60k and above, you deal one damage to your opponent. Which is nice if my opponent's already, you know, only at one life. So when I swing with this, and they, um, they say no negate, then I can just trigger this card's ability to... Um, you know, obviously I have to combo a um, 20k power to boost them up. That could be a two uh, Nappas right there. So, combo two Nappas, get them to 60k, and burn my opponent. And if my opponent, let's say, has two life, then this will burn them from one, and then my attack more likely will go through and finish them off if they had two life. But if not, you know, it's just I wanted to try something different. Um, so that's why I threw in the, this unison, I mean, this, uh, ultimate in the deck. Also, it has a, it's an 8-drop, so obviously this, you know, this is, I'm hard casting this. I have no way to cheat this out. This will be paid. I will be paying 8 for this. And then has an active main, place 2 red cards from your hand into the drop and switch this card to active mode. And that's not a once-per-turn effect, so that's very powerful, especially this deck. Your hands would be really thick, so and it's, it's mostly mostly mono, mono red, so it wouldn't be that hard to drop a couple red cards from the hand to have this attack multiple times. So that will drastically increase my chances. Oh, one cool thing is, um, its auto says when this card attacks, it gets five five k power for the duration of the turn. So that's so that already is helping getting his attack high so that's nice so that's one less 5k from my hand I would have to give him to get him strong to get him to 60k just to try to trigger his burn effect but let's say I attack my opponent against it that's fine I'll just pitch two cards from my hand restand him and attack again and so that definitely makes him a really good card for this deck with all the drawing this deck does but as I was saying you know Easy wins, easy wins. You know, sometimes something, you know, like Selzeno, that, that makes the game easy, right? Playing Selzeno, um, having an overwhelm strategy can, you know, make the game easy. It just really was annoying to see people constantly complaining that, like, well, there's two, two types of people. There's the ones that complain um, that the game is hard. Like, they perceive it as hard and difficult. And then there's other people who try to prom who try to act like the game is hard for like a new player to play or just hard in general you, you got to be like a top tier player to play it i hate those types of people the people that try to make it seem like the game is so hard that you got to be them in order to play the game which is bullshit that's some elitist bullshit right there thinking that only you can be good at this game screw you no anybody can be good at this game it is just a game to a certain degree there is, the, there is a separation between, you know, a deck having really good cards, right? Winning because you have good cards, and then there's this scenario of winning because you're actually good at the game. And sometimes that's hard to, to quantify sometimes. Like, somebody will actually be bad at the game, but, be, but, ha but have access to really good cards and play really good cards. And then they win a lot, and then they'll think that they're actually good at the game, 
not realizing, no, you're actually not good at the game. You're, you're still bad at the game. It's the cards you're playing are really, really, really good that it makes it look like you're good because every time you play, you're winning. So you think because you're winning, you're good, but not realizing the only reason you're actually winning is because of your cards. If you were given a, if you were given different cards or cards with less, you know, less power than the cards you're used to using, you will greatly see how bad of a player you are. Of course, you don't want to see it that way. I, I've seen this scenario happen a couple times where somebody won't accept the fact that they're actually not good. They'll actually blame the deck. It's like, see, see, but the thing is, this deck is not as good as this other deck that I play. Blah blah blah. It's like. And, and that's why that's why I, I lost because the deck is not good therefore I couldn't use it to to properly to win instead of pointing out that they're just bad at the game so that's why they couldn't they couldn't win because they couldn't they're not good enough to make a bad deck good that's what I'm saying they're not good enough to make a bad deck good right a deck that has you know um, has uh, cards with uh, slightly weaker effects because they're not that good they couldn't compensate for the deck's weakness of not being so good compared to another deck they'll, they'll just blame the deck they definitely don't want to blame themselves for not being good enough to make the deck good so they'll just blame the deck right um, and that always gets annoying the idea that is like you do realize you're not really good at the game the only reason you do good in the game and you win is because you have a good deck. The cards in your deck give you the ability to outplay and out-strategize other people. Like, Dark Broly is a good deck, no doubt, but it's a deck that doesn't require a lot of skill. I could give my grandma a Dark Broly, and she'll do really good against me, and I got 20 years of card game experience. She does not. But if she was to play against me with Dark Broly, she would do good, you know, I will have to use my 20 years of experience to beat her. Because the, the deck is simple, right? She's just going to keep summoning 30k beaters and keep swinging with them. Giving them, you know, double strike, right? And 10k boost to try to beat me, overwhelm me, and try to beat me, right? If I teach her how to, you know, play the deck, of course. Um, but that's the thing. It's like the deck is designed to be simple to use. So it doesn't take that long to get the hang of using Dark Broly. Now, can you be creative? Can you be, you know, can you throw in some tech cards to, you know, make the deck faster and better and stronger? Yeah. There's different variants of Dark Broly you could play to speed up the deck's strength. You know, to make it easier to win with Dark Broly. But Dark Broly already starts off easy. It's already easy mode. You got a whole bunch of 30k beaters. It's already make, it already makes the game easy for you. You're already, you're already playing on easy mode when you play Dark Broly. Not saying Dark Broly is not, it's, you know, it's unbeatable. It's just it's it's already it's already built to be easy mode. I wish it would be kind of cool if, you know, especially since Bandai is the one who created the, you know, the, the arch types in the in the game. And it'd be kind of cool if they did have like a section that points out like, yeah, these decks that we designed are designed for uh, this type of skill level, like. This, like Dark Broly, for example, it's made, you know, with with uh, new players in mind, making it easy for them to play because you gave them a whole bunch of really strong battle cards that are easy to play. So, of course, it makes the game easy for new players. So, like, for example, if somebody asks me, you know, to teach them how to play the game, of course, I teach them the basics, but if they're like, Oh man, I really want a really good deck that can help me, you know, you know, get a good amount of wins against even people who are experienced who've been playing the game for years. I'd be like, all right, play Dark Broly. I'm not saying we'll play Dark Broly because you are a skillful player, and, and even though you just started playing today, you can definitely be at the same level as them by skillfully playing Dark Broly. It's like, no, uh, play Dark Broly because it will make up for your lack of experience. It'll make up for your lack of skill. You have a whole bunch of 30k meters. This will make the game easy for you. In time, you'll get better to the point where you don't need to play Dark Broly anymore. You can play any other deck and, and, and be successful with it. But for now, since you're new and you're not that good at the game, here's Dark Broly. That's how I do it. There's certain decks like in Yu-Gi-Oh! 
I would recommend people to play kaijus. You know, if you're a new player, I will teach you about kaijus. I will teach you about um, gradles. I will teach you about um, counters. You know, um, uh, I would definitely skip out on hand traps. Uh, I'd rather let them figure that out on their own because I'm not really much of a hand trap type player unless it's battle fader. But I'm more about oh yeah, time lords can't forget time so. Kaiju's Time Lords, Gradles, uh, and this, you gotta understand, this is a new player. I'm not trying to get them into Link Summoning, Pendulum Summoning, all this extra, extra stuff. That's just extra. You know, it's like, they'll, they'll, they'll learn those, you know, mechanics and strategies um, eventually. But to start them off, I'll start them off with Burn cards, cards to destroy, like Dark Hole, Regeki, stuff like that, Mirror Force. I'll start them off with, you know, things that make the game easy. So I give them a whole bunch of board wipes, right, give them... You know, give them um, really strong cards. You know, give them the kaijus because that will help them out if they play up against a deck that is like, oh man, that card he played is so strong and so powerful, I can't beat it. It's like, well, you know what the kaijus do, right? Read them. Oh, I could tribute that big strong monster to give him this monster. Yes, and that's how you'll easily beat that big strong monster without skill. Duh. So I will be start a new player off with skillless stuff. Skillless strategy like Dark Broly until they get good at the game that they could be like you know what I, I I'll, I'll play a whole bunch a deck full of one drops and you know and do some like little creative strategy where I can do a whole bunch of damage in a single turn with a whole bunch of one drops all right cool you do you man you you know you figure it out you figure out how to how make it happen you know and you make it consistent yeah go ahead have fun enjoy the game but. If you want things to be easy, you want to make... Because the game already is easy, you know, like, in the most basic form. Just the fact that you always start with... You always have a leader to attack with. That's easy. Just attack with your leader to your points leader, and that's already easy enough. There's no genius level intellect required to swing with your leader to your points leader. That's the most basic aspect of the game, is just swinging with your leader every turn. <sighs> and then, but... The, the other stuff you do, like turn one, turn two, turn three, the cards you, you play and the order you're playing with, you're playing until the end of the game, until the game is over, you know, that's where, one, if you have a plan, it makes things super easy. The game is really easy when you have a plan. It only gets complicated when you don't know what you're doing or you're making bad decisions or, you know, making bad plays. And you're, so ultimately, you make the game harder than it really is, and then of course there's going to be some people who are going to make it seem like the game is hard and complicated and difficult, and only the best players can can win and play the game. And you gotta play meta and this and that. There, you gotta play the best of the best decks because you gotta spend thousands of dollars per deck. I mean per card for your deck because if not, you're trash and blah blah blah. And all this extra nonsense is like nope. That is the elitist toxic concepts that's been passed down from, ironically, video games into card games. Because there was a time where it's like, it's about, it was about card, you know, strategy, card interactions, um, you know, uh, two-for-ones, you know, those types of concepts where it's like, you just played skillfully and that gave you the advantage. But then it got to the, now you get into this whole pay-to-win pay to bullshit that came from video games concept where it's like, Nah, I just want to buy the best deck and win all the time. I'm going to net deck and win all the time. I'm only going to copy decks that win tournaments and because they're the best decks. And it's like, uh, not really. They were good for the certain factors why the deck won the tournament. It's not because it's the best deck in the format. No, it's because there were certain factors that led to it. And I'm not going to go into what, you know, into, into that concept of why certain decks win tournaments. I'll save that for another video, I guess. I mean, another um, podcast of why decks win, why so-called best decks in the format are best decks in the format, right? Right now, it's just about easy, um, you know, uh, it's easy to win at, in this game. Um, I've said it many times before, and I'll keep saying it until the day I die, right? <laughs> the, uh, the first four damage tends to be the easiest to do because your opponent is not trying to stop you from dealing the first four damage. The next two damage after that requires a little bit of effort. You know, you might have to combo or do something to, 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 to sneak in that extra two damage after you deal the first four damage easily. Um, but then the last two damage tends to be the hardest. This is where it gets to the, you either need A, skill, 
which ironically not a lot of people have, but that's something you'll, you know, you can benefit from is having skill. And the second thing is a strategy. You know what I mean? This is why catastrophic blow, or I should say invoker, but we all know really it's catastrophic blow, but invoker is, you know, doing pretty well in tournaments or just in gameplay in general, you know, is because it does have a win condition that doesn't require too much to set up. And as long as you play the cards, you win the game. So, you know, it's not difficult. It doesn't take a genius to play a pre-built strategy. Now imagine if they take away catastrophic blow from Invoker, then what? Then nothing, because the deck's not going to do much of anything. It's not going to do much of anything. No one's going to even want to waste time playing Invoker if they don't have catastrophic blow. They'd rather play some other um, red-blue deck, you know, um, instead, because the only selling point for playing Invoker is Catastrophic Blow. It ain't anything else. Everything else you just you just play it because, you know, because of the R-type and the synergy that it has, but Catastrophic Blow is your main win con, and it's the, and it's the only reason most people play Invoker is because of it. Catastrophic Blow is so good that I've, when it first was revealed, I was, I was, I was putting it in a whole bunch of decks. Just putting it in. The deck, it wasn't even a Volker deck. It's just, if the deck had red and blue energy in it, bang, just throw this in there. The fact that it itself is a red and blue and, um, extra card, you can just charge like two of them. Because you only need one, right? Charge two of them. So you can guarantee you have the two blue minimum you need, and then the rest of the energy, you need it to be red. So it was not that hard to splash in, um, Catastrophic Blow into like a mono red deck because the Catastrophic Blows putting two of them in your energy area was going to give you the two blue energy you needed um, in order to play Catastrophic Blow. So two blue, three red, bang. As long as you have no battle cards, you deal your point of one damage. It's that simple. Because like I said, it's easy to get your point down to two life. Um, recently for me, it's been getting pretty easy to get my point down to one life. So that's good. That that means obviously I'm improving. Um, uh, you know, with the whole you know, twenty uh, k and thirty k battle card strategies and triple strikes. So of course triple strikes have been putting in work. So I've been dropping a whole bunch of you know triple strikes. Still using double strike, of course. Double strike, triple strike, thirty k's. Um, you know, twenty k's, twenty five k's. You get the idea. Anything twenty k and above, double strike and triple strike. That's what I'm, you know, focusing on the most. Um, trying to incorporate that into um, decks as much as possible, and you know, so it doesn't. The colors, you know, like the color of your deck doesn't matter too much. It just it opens up certain um, tech options, but ultimately it doesn't matter as long as you strategically you have double strike, triple strike, twenty k and above power, and you put that in every deck, every deck, every color, right, has the ability to you know deals you know, the eight damage necessary to win the game, right? The first six, you know, being relatively easy, and then the last two just requires a little effort, but you can do it if you have the right cards. I try to incorporate burn. You know, I literally have a folder dedicated to cards that burn, cards that, you know, deal, you know, some form of damage or does something to my opponent's life where the card is not in their life no more. Whether it warps it, it sends it from the from the from the life to the drop, or adds it to their hands, or whatever, or shuffles it from their from their life to the bottom of the deck, whatever. It doesn't matter as long as I can make it where their life area is zero cards. That's all that matters, and I count count that as burn. I even have cards that have offering because offering kind of you know it's kind of like burn. If my opponent chooses to to t to take a life instead of letting me draw two cards, then I'm pretty, I pretty much burned them. But usually your opponent makes you draw two cards. They think that that's the best course of action because they'd rather, they'd rather give you two cards than to take damage. But if you're playing um, Heartfelt Plea, <laughs> they're only hurting themselves because now they're just greatly increasing the chances of Heartfelt Plea's 30k uh, triple strike um, from going through because they gave you two extra cards plus the cards you already have. And you just go ahead and just drop your whole hand and just finish them off. Um, just I just thought about Heartfelt Plea. How interesting it would be to put Heartfelt Plea in this deck. This Boma Aggro deck. Because 
I do have two 25k red battle cards. I have the Super Saiyan Blue Vegeta at full power, and I have the Savagery Awakened. Ooh, that'd be a cute combo, right? Play Savagery Awakened, especially since he does the whole take two life thing. He can actually help me awaken. Let's say I'm at uh, five life, because I need to be four to awaken Bulma. So I'm at five life. I, I play him for five energy, take two life to burn my opponent for one. Let's say my opponent hypothetically has four life, so I just burn them for one so they still have three life left. And then I can obviously swing with uh, with um, Goku. Swing, try to deal my opponent damage. Let's say they negate the attack. Like, I don't care. That's good. They wasted the negate on his attack. Now I'm awakening my leader because I'm at, I'm at three life now. Awaken my leader, untap into red energy, of course, and then replace the Savagery Awaken Goku to play Heartfelt Plea. Heartfelt Plea. I'm more likely going to draw two cards, that's more likely what my opponent's going to do. And since Bulma on her Awaken side draws two cards for her Activate, use her Activate, draw two more cards. So now I have four cards extra in my hands on top of what I already have. Heartfelt Plea hit the field, 30k, triple strike swing. It doesn't negate that. Bang, dump my whole hand into the attack. Especially if I have some map of super combos in my hands, just throw it all in there, right? And just go all in for that triple strike death. So just thinking that might be that might be something I might want to incorporate. Man, why not? I do like Heartfelt Plea. And I did buy a playset of the card. I think that's what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to incorporate it. Because, um, you know, the goal is to make make the game easy, right? Because the game is already easy. Right? It's easy to win. Always got to make it easier. Because um, you should know if you can win a certain match. It shouldn't, shouldn't be like, you know, you want to win. You should know if you're going to win. Because you know once you get to t a certain turn... You should be able to win if you have the cards, right? You, you want to make sure you draw the cards you need to win, and you make sure you get to the turn that you need to get to, to play those cards to win. That's, that, that, that should be common sense, but I notice a lot of times it ain't common sense, which is why it's so annoying that a lot of people try to make the game harder. I should be hearing people trying to make, make it obvious that the game is easy. You know, encourage people to play the game like, oh, it's so easy. You can, you can, you know, get a structure that can easily start, you know, doing good at the game. But no, they always want to do it the opposite. They always want to be like, ah, oh, man, uh, you know, if you don't got a lot of money, you don't play meta, you don't play a thousand plus dollars per card for your deck, you're not going to do good in the game, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, and that puts off new players from, you know, wanting to play. Plus, it, even, even if the new player is like, you know what? You're saying it's expensive to play this game and I have to play the very best, quote-unquote, best decks in the game? Fine, I'll play it. I'll put in that time and effort and money into doing that. And then it's like you screw them over because it's like they shouldn't be with the mindset that they have to spend the most amount of money in order to do good at the game. You can win with the cheapest cards in the game. I've been winning for, for years with the cheapest cards in the game. You know, I've put some money into some cards, but that's just because I had no choice but to spend the money on it. for a play set of something like my heartfelt please that was 20 bucks and it's the reprinted version so i spent 20 bucks for a play set for just four cards but it'll make a difference because i mean uh what would i say um but it, it's worth it because it's not just for one deck not for one strategy right i can use heartfelt plea in multiple different decks as long as you know a, the leader can easily awaken and um i have a Red battle card with 25k power or more in play. So the easier the easier it is for me to get a 25k battle card in play, and easy to awaken my leader. Heartfelt plea is is viable. It's playable all day every day, and it's a 30k triple strike with the potential to quote unquote burn my opponent for one or draw two, which more likely it's always a draw two. <laughs> but that that greatly increases its chances of being technically 
a 40k double strike if I drew two 5k battle cards, right? So think of it that way. If my opponent lets me draw two cards from playing Heartfelt Plea, that's potential extra 10k combo power right there. That's a 40k triple strike. That's a finisher right there, right? That should be more than enough to finish my to finish my opponent off. And if you add the leader as a, as a as a potential attack or potential damage, that's four. So if you can get your opponent down to four life, and then drop heartfelt plea, swing with heartfelt plea, hit them for three, and then hit them with the leader for the final damage, you know, for the killing blow. There you go, four potential damage right there, all day every day. Get your opponent down to four and finish them off. It's better to get them down to two and try to finish them off because you know why not, right? It's better to, to finish them off as quickly as possible. I went up against a Dark Brody deck once. Well, I played against Dark Brody a couple times. But, I mean, there's, there was one particular match, I remember, where I was playing my uh, 13 hit. Well, it was called 12 hit at the time, but it was my, um, but I call it 13 hit now because it's 13 hit now. But my 12 hit um, um, Gohan Burn deck, um, I, you know, went off, and I was able to get my opponent down to one life, you know, so that was, a, that was a pretty big deal to get my opponent from eight to one in a single turn, from eight life to one life in a single turn, uh, in that situation, I would have flat out, you know, uh, killed them, but I didn't trigger my uh, leader's effect to boost up my battle cards to guarantee the, the final hits. <clears throat> one of my double strike because I had a, a mercenary tile unequal assassin um, that uh, that I chomped not chomped a supreme kide so it was 25k double strike I think I also comboed Napa if I'm right so it was actually 35k if I'm right um, but it didn't didn't go through <laughs> the attack didn't go through um, so that was unfortunate if it did I would have. I just. I would have won before. Before I got to the point where I had three battle cards to use my leader's ability to boost their attacks up. Um. But that that was that was that was a fun match. But it gives you the idea. There's like it didn't. You know, I can go off and do a lot of damage as quickly as possible if I'm playing the right build. And that's and every build you build should be the right build, right? It sh you should make it easy to win the game. With whatever deck you play, because you should have a strategy that can do uh, output a lot of damage. Turn one, turn two, turn three, turn four. It's it's basic. It's the same concept in Magic. In Magic, your opponent has twenty life, and you want to you want to you want to do. I mean, optimally, you want to do five damage every turn. Five damage turn one, right? Five damage turn two, three, four. By the time that way, on turn four, you should win by dealing your opponent. The, you know the damage, so that's you know so that's the the the, the game plan, the, the train of thought, the mind, the that is the that's the way you should be trying to play is trying to deal as uh, as much damage as you can every turn that adds up to the final goal, which is eight damage. The game is that simple and it is that easy if you put in the effort for it. But a lot of times people will play decks that don't have double strikes in the deck and they be wondering why they're not you know winning often and I look at the deck I'm like I know why you're not doing that much damage every turn you you, you get lucky if you do one damage that means it's gonna take you eight turns to win of course you're not winning consistently and you're losing on turn four <laughs> because the best you can do is four damage like I've seen matches where people are playing a, a deck similar to what I'm you know, to one of my decks, and they have similar cards, so I'm like, oh yeah, he's gonna do this, he's gonna do that, he's gonna do four damage this turn, and instead they end up doing one damage, I'm like, what? But you had, you had the cards necessary to do four damage. When I play my, my deck that has those same type, those same cards, I make, I do four damage, but instead you only did one, so that, that seeing stuff like that annoys me, like, what? It doesn't seem like you know what you're doing if you only dealt one damage when you had a four damage hand. And you weren't in a position where you couldn't do the four damage and survive if your opponent, you know, on your opponent's turn. Like you were going to get another turn, so you should have went for four damage 
knowing for a fact that you were going to get another turn, because it was obvious you were going to get another turn, and then finish them off the next turn, but you didn't do more than one damage, so now you got to wait two, three, four more turns to try to win. Of course, you're going to lose. No surprise, you lost the match, and that, that's what happened. The person lost the match because they didn't do enough damage quick enough. They hesitated to do a lot of damage. It's like, don't hesitate. I know there's this old concept of using, uh, of like, the, okay, the old concept in, in Dragon Ball Super that a lot of people did, you know, used to, you know, I heard it on the internet a lot and I disagree with it, but that's what they did was they would do a maximum of three damage. They'll do three damage and leave their opponent at five so that way their opponent can't awaken. And they'll, and, the, and they'll wait, they'll wait and wait until they're at a, at a turn, which usually was maybe turn four, maybe turn five, right? Where they had enough cards in play, like battle cards and leader, to try to swing for for, uh, for five damage. They'll do three damage, uh, you know, early in the game, but then they'll stop attacking, stop swinging with the leader, stop dealing damage, because they want to wait until they can go and they can have a one turn one turn where they can go in for game. You gotta remember, this was before Flying Nimbus was even a thing, right? So, when Flying Nimbus became a thing, it started being obvious that, yeah, I might have to try to uh, deal more damage quicker than slower because Flying Nimbus can stop a whole turn. So it makes no sense to wait for one turn to try to go in, you know, for a lot of damage just because every turn you're playing something and slowly building up a little little board to try to end out your opponent. Now, if it worked for some people back in the day, that's fine. It, it just didn't for me, cause the cause the reasoning for it. The reason was is they just didn't want their opponent to awaken, to draw the two cards, and every time they attack, draw. That's it. They just didn't want their opponent to have that. But the thing is, you're going to get the same thing. You're going to awaken, draw two cards, and then when you swing, you, you draw. So it, does, it doesn't really matter if your opponent does get that. You know, some people thought you know it, it was the best strategy. It works for them. Like if it works, it works. I'm not I'm not knocking it per se. I just I just didn't do that, and I didn't believe in that. And um, I did try. Don't get me wrong. I tried it. I'm not like you know heard that people did it, and then and then I just have my opinion as it were. No, no. I tried it. I tried the idea. I'm like okay. Um, let's, let's see, well, you know, let's see if just doing three damage and waiting for one turn to try to go all in, you know, how, how, how effective it was. Ironically, what made me all, not like that idea, you know, made me be like, yeah, this is not for me. More so wasn't that, like, it wasn't per se not a good strategy. Like, if it works, it works. It just, for me, it was boring. I just hated that turn one. I play in, I play in energy. I swing with the leader, deal one damage, and then end my turn. Turn two, play in energy, play a card, swing with my leader, swing with whatever I played, and try to do three damage. Maybe let's say he blocks, so he only takes one damage. Okay, you only took one, so you're down to six. All right, your turn. Blah blah blah. We're going back and forth, and then I'm just slowly playing in energy, slowly putting some stuff on board. But then once I, I finally do get them down to five, then I stop. Like, I stop attacking. All I do is put more stuff on board. And it's like, yeah, this is slow because I'm putting stuff on board, and then, but my opponent is still attacking. So I still have to block. So it's like, yeah, this this doesn't feel like a, a good strategy. Like, I, I just, it just doesn't work for me. Like, yeah, this is not working for me, this whole slow, slow um, play concept. Like, this whole, like, waiting until turn five to actually start swinging again. It's like, nah, I, I'd rather be swinging, you know, hard. That's what she said, right? Hard on turn one, turn two, turn three. So when I shifted the strategy, I was like, you know what? I don't want to awaken before my opponent. I'd rather awaken after my opponent. So I don't care if my opponent awakens before me. If he's awakening before me, that's because he's in a bad situation. So I'd rather he awakens before me because that means I put him in a bad situation that he has to awaken in order to try to make a, you know, try to make a comeback. And then I'll take advantage of that. And then when it's time for me to, you know, um, 
win the game or in case he does clap back, right? If he comes back and does turn the duel around to his favor, at least now I'm in a situation where I can awaken and turn the duel around. And it's at, and it's at you know, at a late game, right? I'm awakening at late game, so I'm turning the duel around at late game where I have a higher chance of winning because I already got them to less than four life. Early game, now I'm at late game. Now it's just a matter of finishing the game, not starting to finish the game. You know, if that makes sense, right? I'm not I'm not going from trying to get them from five to, to zero on turn four or five or six. I'm trying to I'm trying to get them down from two to zero or one to zero if they only have one life, right? One to zero on turn, you know, four or five, six, you know what I mean? So if it takes me a couple turns to, to deal the last two damage, then so be it. But at least that's all I gotta do is the last two damage, right? So that's why I've been trying to incorporate um, burn finishing strategies into my decks. Um, that's why I have a folder dedicated to burn cards. And they come in different colors, of course. You know, there's, you know, we got some green burn cards, we got some black burn cards, some red burn cards, you know, um, which is nice. Uh, well, their color, um, blue, green, you know, that's the closest we got to uh, blue getting some burn. Well, technically, there is a, a blue burn card. There's the uh, 10 drop Gogeta, where you pay five, uh, 15 energy and your opponent takes four life, four cards from their life and put it at the bottom of the deck. So that's essentially burn four, right? That's, so that's very, I like the card. I'm a fan of the card. Um, so, but I, but I would like, I would love more blue burn. That'd be nice. But the closest we got is Android 21 Bad Omen. She's both blue and green, so she's, you know, she serves giving green burn and serves giving blue burn, so I use that. So yeah, man, make the game easy. It's been over an hour. That'll be the end of this podcast.